1: This is Sunday Morning Together across Australia on Vision Christian Radio. Phil is my name, and it's wonderful to have
0: your company. This is Sunday morning together and a very special day today. Uh, not because the coronation is happening this weekend or anything like that, it's because Bell Thompson is here with me this morning.
2: <laughs> That's quite the introduction. <laughs> Good morning. I don't
0: know. Coronation of the King. <laughs> Bell Thompson. <laughs>
2: I'd like to say I have some royal blood but uh, <laughs> if I do I'm unaware of this. But yes, very exciting times. Coronation, anything royal is always a little bit exciting even if you're not really a fan.
0: <laughs> yeah, and what a what a massive thing it is. You know, You've got all these world leaders that are yes. there and of course, you know the the pomp and ceremony and, and all of the the significance of the coronation.
2: Totally.
0: Uh, of a king and uh, the logistics that go with it. And it's been kind mm-hmm. of funny though. A lot of people I've spoken to have kind of like, oh yeah, we know it's happening, but haven't really been (laughs) that excited about it. Yeah, Yeah. you know, it is a very significant thing, and and the concept of a king and a kingdom Mm -hmm. is something for us as as believers that you know really, if we feel like we're disconnected to it, I think this is a good reminder for us, irrespective of Mm. who the earthly king is. Here we're talking about King Charles, but Mm -hmm. King Jesus, you know, the kingdom of God.
2: Absolutely, this is
0: this is a concept we really need to get our head around, isn't
2: it? Yeah, and it's one that I think in Australia, uh, one step removed from the monarchy. I think yeah, sometimes we do uh, struggle a little bit to uh, to understand that. So yeah, it is it is helpful actually watching that kind of thing. Going wow, okay, so a king is someone who is absolutely set apart. They are worthy of, and they they're different. They're altogether different from us, mm. and and worthy of our our worship. Mm. So it gives you a little bit of an idea. I'm, I'm, it's kind of a long bow to. <laughs> Put Charles in the same, uh, in the same stratosphere. But.
0: Well, well, not only Charles. You think of any king. Look at the mm-hmm. kings in the in the Bible. You know, and yes, and <laughs> most of them were pretty flawed. Uh, king Jesus is completely different. You know, he is absolutely. he is absolutely perfect. Mm-hmm. And you think of you know, if a king is supposed to have the best interests of the kingdom, the yeah. you know, the people in the kingdom at heart. Earthly kings are always going to fail us in that regard, mm-hmm. but the King of Kings and the Lord mm-hmm. of Lord Jesus Christ. It doesn't do that. In fact, he went to extraordinary lengths for the best interest of the subjects, if you Mm -hmm. like, for us. Yes,
2: he's everything that a good king should be. And I love, you know, even I've been reminded recently just with different failures of different leaders, for me it's actually brought me back to this place of, okay, God, this is a reminder that my security is in you. It's Mm -hmm. not in the, the leader who's above me. It's not in even, you know, church leaders and kings and people that we hope will serve with the best, you know, the best of intent. It just is that reminder, ultimately, we rely on God and He is our strength, He is our King. So I I really like you bringing it back to that, yeah. Mm.
1: Worship, conversation, prayer and teaching. This is Sunday Morning Together on Vision Christian Vision Christian Radio. Phil's my name, and my guest and co-host this
0: week is the lovely Belle Thompson.
2: Good morning.
0: And uh, Belle has, uh, you know, in a previous life, used to travel around a lot doing a lot of con-
2: <laughs> pre-COVID
0: <laughs> co- concerts and, and uh, you know, church events and things like that. Last couple of years have been a bit slim, hasn't they it?
2: They really have. And in fact, next weekend, I'm super excited because it's, it'll be the first gigs in a long time that I've traveled for. So we're heading to Ballarat next weekend. Okay. And the funny thing is these gigs were actually booked pre-COVID. <laughs> so I was booked to be there in for Mother's Day 2020. Oh wow, which they would have booked probably the the year before or, or months, before, yeah, the year before. No one knowing that in 2020 that we were not going anywhere. so yeah. we obviously that got cancelled and we we moved it. We thought, oh, how long could this last? We moved it to the following year. Well, <laughs> 2021 came and we were still in lockdown, so we rescheduled it to 2022. Then in 2022 in in Queensland, where I'm from, we... We finally actually had COVID, so
3: it had to be rescheduled
2: again. again. So this year I am pumped. We're going to be in Ballarat next weekend for Mother's Day, doing a bunch of stuff down there. So can't wait. Fantastic people in Ballarat. Can't wait to be there again.
0: Quick plug, where's that going to be?
2: Yeah, so on the Saturday we're doing a a Mother's Day kind of event at Haddon Church of Christ. Mm Mm-hmm. Then on the Sunday, we're at one-to-one Church of Christ, so doing a, a women's breakfast, which sounds really fun, and then the normal church service after that.
0: That sounds so cool. <laughs> but casting your mind back, Mother's Day 2020 was yep. very different because oh that goodness. was you know, kind of the whole lockdown thing. Yes. It was just kind of coming toward the end of, of that, yep. uh, that lockdown period, but mm-hmm. it was still active. What was it like for you and your, your family?
2: Well, I had young kids. And thankfully, my son, who was kindy age, his kindy for that period actually stayed open. Mm. And so, that was a real blessing. And as for the rest of the time, for for me, so obviously, all my gigs got cancelled or uh, everything that I'd planned to do, flights were cancelled, gigs were cancelled. And At the start, I honestly panicked. But then as time went on and I started praying about it as the weeks went on and we realised this is not going anywhere, I actually just felt the Lord saying, hey, Belle, why don't you just have a rest?
0: Mm, good opportunity.
2: Yes, and and I had no idea, you know, what – if I had have tried to press on in that period, it would have been years of frustration, of cancelled flights, of gigs needing to be rescheduled over and over again. But just sensing that whisper from God, just have a rest, Belle. I see everything you're putting into motherhood. I cheer you on in that. Just just have a rest. You don't have to be serving me outside the home all the time. Mm. like It's okay to to just be home.
0: I guess there's a question there we can apply at any time of our life when something doesn't go to plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, We aim towards some particular thing, yeah. something else happens. The question to ask is, God, what do you want me to do?
2: 100%. So
0: things have changed. Okay, well, all right.
2: Totally. And that took so me what, by that? surprise, Phil. I did not see that coming because, you know, I've got this music ministry and that's what God's <laughs> kind of gifted me to do. And so for him to just – it just—he was so kind, and to just go, Belle, I cheer you on as a mum too, and I just see your tiredness. I see how hard that juggle is, mm. and so I entered in with what felt like complete permission to this just season of rest, and saw God provide because you know obviously that was the next question: Well, how are we going to pay our bills if if I'm not? Um, working. And, but just, we stepped into that really believing God had said to have a rest and lo and behold, like down the track, I qualified for the job keep, the, um you know, the COVID payments, which, which yeah. just was such a, a b- amazing blessing. And I felt like God said, I pay for Sabbaths when I order them. <laughs> so here you go. And, and in so many ways, we just had the most amazing of God provisions. That was just the first. yeah. But I have lived in the goodness of God over these last few years, genuinely. And so now relaunching into ministry, I'm genuinely, I'm excited, I'm full, I'm recharged. I feel like my kids are at a heaps better age for me to do the juggles. So Yeah, this has actually been – COVID was actually great timing for our young family because it just was time to be home, to be together, for me to focus on family.
0: Mm, That's so encouraging. Well, we're going to do something as family shortly, and that's take communion together. Uh, So a good time to prepare your heart uh, toward that. It's coming this morning. If you can, prepare some elements to represent the body and blood of Christ and be ready to join with others around Australia as we join together in communion real soon. This
1: is Sunday Morning Together across Australia
0: on Vision Christian Radio. Bill Thompson, my guest and co-host this morning, gets to lead us around the table of the Lord. So, Bill... Love
2: you. Alrighty, so I wanted to share one of my songs and the story behind it today because I think it is so relevant to the message of communion. So I wrote this song based on 2 Corinthians 5.17, which says, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. So that's, I think, really what we celebrate at Communion that Jesus has done everything we need to make us new and we are totally accepted by God as a new creation now. So I I read that verse and I thought, what a great theme to write a song about. And actually I ended up recording the finished song over in Nashville as a duet with Paul Coleman. But before it got to that point of recording, I just wanted to share I had such a deep creative and theological journey to get the finished song written. Okay, so my first draft of A New Creation, it was actually terrible and I found the the copy of it recently. These are the words. I reckon I was having a rough day. It says, I am sin parading in the game of piety. I am pride that loves to display all my humility. I am whitewashed coal, and I know you see me here with eyes that peer through the guise to all of my sin. Others would walk away, but you chose to stay and become the love that would run to my rescue. Those are <laughs> pretty awful <laughs> words when I read them back. And, you know, I wrote that at the time, I reckon I was having a rough day, and I set it aside, and years later, when I was actually going through my songbook to choose which songs to put on my new album, I found that draft and I read it and I just realised I actually don't agree with my own song lyrics anymore and I thought God doesn't see me as whitewashed coal. He sees me as his child and I'm not sin parading in a game of piety You know, it says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So I read that and I was like, I need to rewrite my song. And as I rewrote it and as I wrestled with that, it became the title track for my third album, A New Creation. And these were the new words now. So instead of you see me here with eyes that peer through the guise to all of my sin, Instead of that, it became, I run to him and I'm welcomed into the arms of the king. Saved by grace because he took my place and died for my sin. Now he sees a brand new me. I'm set apart and holy. Every day his love will stay for I Have become a new creation. What a difference that made to me when I learned that God actually sees me as his child. He actually accepts me as a new creation. In spite of my flaws, in spite of my faults, in spite of the things that I may continue to do wrong, he sees me as his child. So we're going to play the recording of that song now. Uh, This is an opportunity to get your communion ready because we are going to celebrate the goodness of God and his acceptance after this.
0: And Paul Common together on a song called New Creation, which, uh, if you've just joined us, we're right in the middle of taking communion together. We don't normally play a song in the middle of communion. (laughs)
3: Something
2: different for today.
0: I think, Belle, you're probably the first guest that I've had who's actually sung. (laughs) in the middle. <laughs>
2: that's there's a first time for everything. Delivering well, I a just community message. <laughs> I love hearing the new version of that song cuz I just think, man, I knew God so much better when I rewrote those lyrics. And I love that it is a journey. Our walk with God is a journey of him teaching us and getting rid of the old things that that you know, don't don't match up with his word. And I think it is life-changing when you realize that God has made you a new creation. He isn't standing there judging you today. He sees you as his beloved child. We're going to remember that now as we eat the bread and remember his body that he gave it all to us to completely forgive us. Let's do that now. And as we drink the juice now, remembering his death, we remember He has made us a new creation. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, for everything that you've done, that your sacrifice gives us a fresh start because of Jesus. You receive us as your children. Help us to believe that today and to keep growing in our understanding of how you see us with eyes of love. Right here, wherever we are, God, we embrace hope today. Thank you for making us a new creation in Christ.
1: Worship, conversation, prayer and teaching. This is Sunday morning together on Vision Christian, Vision Radio. Christian Radio. My guest and co-host this week is uh, singer, artist, author, writing
0: a book at the moment, uh, <laughs> nearly author. <laughs> nearly nearly author, yeah. Aspiring author. Uh Bell Thompson
3: Good morning.
2: And
0: look, we want to find out a little bit about who is this uh, young lady sitting across the desk from me with a bit of storytelling coming up over the next 60 minutes. Sounds fun. So um, where were you born?
2: In Brisbane. So I was my parents' first baby and uh, they had actually just become believers Before I was born, so they were fresh, brand new Christians. So all very exciting, and yeah, born in Brisbane to some brand new Christians.
0: How did they come to the Lord?
2: Well, they both came out of pretty um, crazy and wild backgrounds, and so which I just love that because I just see how completely God can change a life. The you know the upbringing I had was so very different to theirs, and they came to know God through. my mother's sister marrying into the family of a minister. Right. Yeah.
0: Okay. That sounds complicated, but a good <laughs> a good outcome nonetheless.
2: Amazing. Totally changed. Generationally has changed things for me and now my kids.
0: Mm. So here they are, new Christians, mm-hmm. new parents, big time of change in their life. But yep. I understand there was a, a bit of a challenge there for you to start with when you were born?
2: Yeah. So, well, my parents had only just started coming to church and I was born with something wrong with my hands. And so, every night when I would go to sleep, my hands would swell up and turn blue and I couldn't move my fingers because there was so much blood in my hands because the the passageway for the blood to get through was too small mm. um, or the skin was too tight around that area. So, this was a problem. I there was lots of doctors' appointments and stuff, and in the end they ascertained I needed surgery to fix that problem. But the night before that I was scheduled for this surgery, my parents took me to church and they mentioned to one of their friends there you know our oh, Bell's got to have this surgery tomorrow." And he said, "Oh, have you prayed for her? Can we pray for her?" Mm. And my parents, they're like brand new Christians. They're like, "Ah, uh, does that's God a, that's even? A good idea. Yeah, does yeah. God even care about that? Like, genuinely, my mom was like, would, would God even kind of trouble Himself for this?' So you're little just a baby? little, ba- you're yeah, a little baby. Yeah, I'm a tiny baby. baby. Yeah. yeah, tiny baby. And the the guy said yes. He was one of the elders in the church. He's like, "Yes, God cares, and yes, we would love to pray for you. He God loves it when we bring our little stuff to Him. So anyway, they pray for me. Nothing visible happens. My parents take me home. They're like, "Oh, that's nice." Well, you know, the next morning, they I wake up and Mum comes into my cot and she was like, "Oh, Oh, that's so weird. Her hands haven't swollen. This is the first time ever. Her mm-hmm. hands aren't. And my mom was like, oh, it's so annoying because today's the surgery and they're no, <laughs> we've waited on this waiting list and they're not going to believe the problem. Um, she's like, that'd be right. And didn't even occur to her that, you know, that prayer that something had happened. So she bundles me up to the hospital and like, you know, trying to convince them that this problem. And they looked at me and they were like, Uh, she looks totally fine. Like, or, th- we've got the test results from before, but. This is, she seems fine. Bring her back in another month. Mm. Well, the problem never came back and my mom brought me back and by then had realized, oh, my gosh, God has actually healed our baby girl. That's amazing. And she said for them as as new Christians, that just was really pivotal in their understanding that God really cares about the little stuff in our lives. He cares about our kids. He cares about our problems. And, uh, yeah, that really radically changed their um, their view of God.
0: Yeah, and you were literally one of the little things in their life. A
2: totally. Little
0: little tiny baby.
2: They hadn't even thought to pray about it. And yeah. and my dad said from that moment he said he knew God was going to use my hands for something to glorify him cuz mm. God had had healed those hands and of course like I didn't even know this story, but you know when I became a teenager I started writing songs, playing a few different instruments. And obviously have have gone on to become a singer songwriter, and I didn't know that story till I was an adult. And I was like, "Oh my goodness!" Mm. I, I yeah, I, I was blown away just at God's care and God's purpose over my life from from when I was a kid. Actually,
0: well, it kind of taps into that song we were talking about earlier on. Great is thy like faithfulness. Yes,
2: you know? yes, he, he's even faithful, in things even, we don't know. Yes, it. even when we don't realize yeah. it.
0: How did life unfold? What was you were the eldest? Were there more brothers and sisters that came along? Yep. Or? So
2: I have a younger brother and. As we uh, grew up, my when I was um, an early teen, my mum actually developed a chronic illness. So she was bedridden for a lot or most of my teen years, actually, which was put huge strain on our family, huge mm. pressure. And as a result, so mum wasn't able to go to church anymore. Uh, and so I stopped going to church probably when I was about 12. So I wasn't part of a youth group, wasn't part of um, a church. But when I was about 16, I just happened to find a brochure on my school library desk. It just was sitting there and I I found it. They were advertising a music camp. It was a scripture union brochure. Right. And I thought, oh, man, that sounds awesome. So I had no Christian friends at school or, or any, any influences like that. But I saw this. I tried to convince my friends to come. No one would come. So I thought, I'm going to go by myself. I was A budding songwriter at that point. So I enrolled myself in this camp. My parents were very happy for me to go to that. And when I was there, I just was suddenly surrounded by all these young, amazing, happening Christians. And I just couldn't believe it that these young people were following God. And it was while I was on that camp that I felt God say to me, Hey, Belle, what about you? Like, you need to make a choice. Will you follow me? And he was Mm. super gentle. And it just was this super gentle moment of, Yeah, God, I will. Yes. So that was me at 16 and once I got my license, was able to, um, you know, when I was 18, start connecting back into a church and I actually went back to the church that I had grown up in where my hands had been healed as a baby because that was the church I knew so I, I went back there and That's actually still the church that I'm at now with my family. Oh, nice. A million years later.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe not quite a million years later. How would you have described your faith at that point, you know, leading up to that? Were you maybe stagnated a bit or? Um
2: Probably more just struggling. So I was definitely still knew God loved me. I, I would say I, I knew the Lord from when I was a child, but when you don't have regular influences or um, like, uh, you know, people around you to mm. spur that on, I just, I su- I really struggled in high school. Mm. Um, and so I would go through periods, yeah, just of struggle, trying out all the different things that the world says you got to try when you're a teenager and just struggling to uh, know how to live out my faith because I didn't have an example of that. So that really was life-changing for me when I was 16 to go on that scripture union camp and realize there were young people who were just a few steps ahead of me and could show me how that God actually wanted to be a part of that everyday life and and to bring that back into being at school and and then uni. Yeah. Mm.
0: Yeah, so 16, you're sort of heading toward the end of your school year Mm -hmm. and university. What what did you go study?
2: Yeah, so I did well. That's an interesting story too. I had all I ever wanted to do was study music at the conservatorium. So I auditioned when I was 17 and um, was all built up for it, did my audition and didn't get in. Devastated, absolutely devastated. That was all I wanted to do. So, actually, went into quite a major depression. And my mum was like, "Well, you need to do something." So, she enrolled me in an arts degree. She's like, "You can do it like a music minor." And I was like, "I am not. If I'm not doing the bachelor music, I'm not (laughs) doing it in the back." So, so I did these random subjects for a bit, and then I decided I got more serious about my craft. I started getting lessons with a a really amazing teacher. And two years later, I re-auditioned at the con and got in that time. Right. Which was very character building, actually, to realize, yeah, sometimes, yeah, you don't, you don't, things don't fall into place immediately. And actually, in the end, starting at the con as a 19-year-old, I was so grateful for the extra maturity because you're thrown into all sorts of situations. And that was actually, I'm really grateful for Mm. how God orchestrated that. So I did a music jury, yeah.
0: It's pretty hard to see that at the time though, right? (laughs) So
2: I was devastated. You feel totally abandoned. You're like, God, what are you doing? I thought this was your plan for my life. And I was like, well, it is, but just not yet.
0: (laughs) My guest and co-host this morning is uh, singer, songwriter, and soon-to-be author, Belle Thompson. And we're hearing a bit of her story. And as a uh, a late teen, finds herself at the Conservatorium of Music. Mm -hmm. Studying what?
2: I did a Bachelor of Popular Music, which was wonderful. I loved uni. Like, I loved it.
0: Begs the question, <laughs> is there a Bachelor of Unpopular Music? <laughs>
2: well, I don't know if anyone enrols in that one. But
0: <laughs> so, a Bachelor of Popular Music. Yes. How, how did that equip you for what you're doing oh now? Oh, my
2: gosh. It was my all my dreams come true. So, each semester, your portfolio that you get assessed on is, you know, for instance, in, in first uh, first year, you do a 20-minute portfolio of any music that you want to create because through the years, popular music, the definition of that. Oh,
0: that changes uh, is all the time.
2: Exactly. So we, for instance, did a semester on cl- classical popular music and we did a semester on, you know, popular music from the 60s and et, et cetera, et cetera. So we were so free to just record and write according to our little compositional hearts' desires. Mm. So each semester, and it grew until I think in third year, your um, your portfolio had to be a lot longer, and you it just was wonderful. My final portfolio at the conservatorium became my first EP release because that they were in like a four million dollar studio there, so I was able to work with all of my classmates and uh, create. A a recording. And and it was fine. I was able to sing songs about God. You were allowed to write anything Mm. and and just got marked on your performance. Wow. Yeah. That's
0: that's pretty amazing. It
2: was awesome.
0: Is there a (laughs) a period of popular music that you like most?
2: Ooh. Well, look, I was a teenager in the 90s, so probably the 90s, but I grew up listening to all my parents' music, which was the Beatles and all that. So the first – cds i ever owned with like the beatles and beach boys and that kind of music and i loved that as Mm. well
0: cds Mm. they used to be a thing
2: (laughs) it used to be a thing i remember (laughs) i sold my massive collection (laughs) recently massive collection for thirty (laughs) dollars on marketplace
0: (laughs) that's funny so what happened after that? So you, have, you you get to the end of this. You've got a bachelor. Yep. And mm-hmm. then I guess there's a decision to be made because, mm-hmm. um, you know, music is a great thing to do, but it's a hard way to make a living.
2: Yes, and I discovered that pretty soon after. So I released my first EP in that first year after uni. I got it mastered and, and whatever, my final songs that I'd written at the con. And then I was like okay, world, here am I. And then, oh, god! I feel like, okay, I think the hard work's just beginning now. Uh, and I was super blessed. I actually got a phone call from a school who had heard through the grapevine that I had graduated and said, would you like to come and be our instrumental music teacher? So I started doing that a couple of days a week, which was just enough to pay my bills. Yeah. And I loved it. Like, Teaching is just such an opportunity to get alongside. I was high school teaching, and so doing individual um, like voice lessons with people, loved it, just able to disciple kids, able to share my faith with them. And meanwhile, in all my spare days, I was trying to book gigs, trying to uh, get my own music career happening, and that took years. That took years and years and years, and I would say decades, actually. Mm. So... When I got to my late 20s and I was releasing an album, I remember I was trying to book some gigs for a tour and it just was so hard. I would get rejection after rejection. And I was like, let me tell you my pitch. I'm like, hi, um, I'm a Christian singer-songwriter. I'm willing to come for no money and I'll drive there. (laughs) (laughs) And still it was like, oh, no thanks. (laughs) So super hard.
0: Yeah. And so what did you do in this? I mean, you, you guess mm-hmm. you, can, you could just want to give it all away.
2: And I remember actually I reached a point in my late 20s when I did just want to give it all away. I just, And I had a massive whinge to God and I just said, this is too hard. I felt like you called me to this. Why are there no open doors? Why am I knocking and no one saying, come in, come in? You know, mm. it was f- few and far between. And I just remember I had this desperate moment and I said, God, if, if this – if, if you don't come through from me in this, I, I think I'm going to go to Bible college instead. I'm going to pursue ministry in a different format. And I, I said, I desperately need to hear from you. And I don't remember. I flipped open my Bible randomly and I, it happened. God just must have known how desperately I needed to hear from you. It happened to flip open to Galatians. And it says in Galatians 6, 9, so let's not get tired of doing what is good <laughs> at just the right time you will reap a harvest of blessing if only you don't give up. <laughs> and I went, okay, God, whoa. <laughs> and so I somehow pressed on and I booked that tour and I was just, and that one thing led to the other. And as you as you keep on pressing on and walking through small doors, slightly bigger doors start to open and that's how I got to being able to get to the point where I, I was able to do it full time. But that took many, many more years still.
0: Mm. Keep following that dream. Yeah. Hey? <laughs>
2: You know, Phil, I remember the first gig that I went to with a band and they were like, we're going to do a love offering, like a special. And we were like, ooh, this sounds exciting. Three of us have driven hours to get to this place in the country at Crow's Nest. Good morning if you're listening in Crow's Nest. Near Toowoomba. Yes, near Toowoomba. And they passed around the plate and afterwards the pastor gave it to us and it was $43.35 <laughs> and there were like six of us in the band and I think at that moment they were like, we're going to make other career plans.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, dear. That'll pay for McDonald's after the event. That's, <laughs> that's,
3: it, <you> right. Know. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's uh,
0: right. That's good. Belle Thompson is my guest and co-host today. Belle is uh, an accomplished singer-songwriter, and uh, she's writing a book at the moment. So, if you want to tick that author <laughs> box? How's that, how's that whole process going for you? Ooh, by the way,
2: well, I'm loving the creative side of it. So, at the moment, I'm just in the writing side. So, and I know from you know when you're making when you're doing a project, the creative side is the fun part. It's mm. later when you're doing editing yeah. and all of the formatting and stuff that that. So, I'm in the fun part right now, so it's going great.
0: And what's it about? <laughs>
2: I'm writing a devotional book for mums. Okay. So, yeah, th- I guess this is very much the season I'm in at the moment. I have a three and a six-year-old. And for the last few years since COVID, as I said, I have just been on a bit of a sabbatical from doing many gigs. God said, have a rest, Belle. And partway through that season, when I, just in this home time, being immersed in family life and sensing God cheering me on in that, I just felt like I got a really a deeper revelation of just how much he is so for mums he's so for motherhood and i just sense him whisper hey Belle, why don't you write a book cuz mm. there's you know in all of your struggles and in all of your victories there's other people that need to hear that i'm with them in the mundane everyday of motherhood too that i am championing them so that's what i'm writing about
0: that's oh, so good mm. looking forward to when that comes out i'm sure there'll be lots of people <laughs> be very blessed thank you by that but Let's okay, let's go back. You you've had this mm-hmm. fledgling kind of a music career at the very mm-hmm. least a desire to get things happening yep. and all of a sudden you get this one guy who says, "Yep, we'll have you come and perform." <laughs> yep. Things have changed pretty dramatically since then. I mean, your music's taken you around the world. You've recorded a number of albums.
2: Yeah, yep. and I mean, that has just taken years and years and years of perseverance in the same direction, being willing to go to, you know, small places. And for me, actually growing a real love for the the small communities in Australia who just, um, I just – I love getting to share Jesus and getting to bring my music to those places – And one thing usually leads to the next. And the very first time I got to play a big conference, like over over a thousand people, it actually came from I was in a little – it was in a country town and I was playing at a a Bible study with 20 people. Mm. And it just so happened that a lady was there who oversees the women's ministry at a a large church and – Later the next week, I got a phone call from her saying, I'm running a women's conference this weekend. My keynote speaker, Roma Waterman, is just called in sick. She's um, lost her voice. Could you come and fill in? And I was like, ah. <laughs> I was like, bravely, yes, I can do it. And then inside I'm like, oh, my goodness. What have I just <laughs> so I was at the 20 women that week and then, you know, at this big conference and it was it was amazing. It was scary and I just – I found that God equips you for the big things as much as He, he equips you for the perseverance in doing the small things. Mm. So uh, that was that was a breakthrough moment that came out of just yeah doing the small ministry moments and then it's still even now just that willingness to just go, okay God, where do you want me to be? Um, big, small, Show me show me your your agenda.
0: Yeah. Mm. And I think there's an important principle there, the little things, not being afraid to go, you know, to the little country yeah, town where there's 20 totally. people in a Bible study.
2: And it's wonderful, you wouldn't believe it, Phil. The stories I could tell you, and maybe one day I'll write a book about this. The ways that God has provided for me and my husband when we've been on the road. And often it is through those little country towns. Mm where people just have – there's a hunger for God and there's also – they're often just very grateful that you've come and that has just been such a blessing to me to get to be in those places. You would not believe how God has provided for us by visiting Outback Australia.
0: You should do a version of I've Been Everywhere, man. (laughs) Next album. You probably have, yeah. All right, Hubby you just mentioned. Yes. Tell me about Hubby.
2: He's wonderful uh, for a start. So we've been married 10 years. We met on tour, so – Uh, and it was actually funny. He booked me for a gig and I actually tried to get out of the gig because the week before I had crashed my car in Sydney, I had Uh no car. I was just over being on tour. And funnily enough, my, um, my dad, when I, after I'd crashed my car, he, he said, I have, I have prayed. He said, I've had words with God. It's time he sent you a man. You can't keep doing this by yourself. I'd gotten into all these hair raising situations on that tour. And, uh, my dad did that and then the very next week this gig that I tried to get out of but they, they were like, oh, we're really looking forward to having you come. This was a gig in Coffs Harbour. So my mum said, oh, I'll drive you down in my car. And, well, wouldn't you know it, that's where I met my husband. <laughs> And my dad, when I got back, and I was like, "Oh, I met this guy." He's like, "I knew it! I prayed him in. It was me." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that was that was. I mean, the rest is is history. He is a wonderful, wonderful guy. Totally different to who I thought I would marry, but it's been amazing to see over the years how God has uh, brought. Our paths to a place where we do ministry together now, we both have such a passion for that, and we just we actually love serving in churches together. He has a passion for training Christian leaders. So he does that. He also works for the Global Leadership Summit here in Australia, so running just different leadership conferences. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of overlap there because as we travel together, to these different communities, his heart is how can I bless and equip these Christian leaders because it is hard being Mm. a Christian leader. Yeah, hard work. Yeah, Phil was on staff at the church when I met him and now we just have this itinerant ministry where together we just go, how can we bring light and hope and encouragement to different churches across Australia? So, yeah, we love doing that together.
0: That's fantastic. And two little Two little, little ones now little ones on, yeah, who love
2: mix. being on tour also. So yeah. it's funny. My son, Mikey, who um, by the time he was three, he'd done over 30 flights and we'd gone all over the place mm. doing um, doing gigs. But my daughter, because she was born during COVID, she's now three and she's done two flights. Right. So next weekend will only be her third flight. So a very it's very different how God has led me career-wise. On the one hand, with my first birth, come on, Belle, get out there. And it was the best thing for me getting over postnatal depression. Baby number two, God said, "Have a rest, Bell. Just be home." Hmm. So, yes, it's amazing how different God can, how differently God can lead you in the seasons of life, and just it's just listening to Him and going, "What is it today, God?"
0: Yeah, hmm. well, I'm sure there's lots more we could explore, <laughs> uh, but it's it's, here, it's great to hear that little uh, insight into some of your life, Bell. Mm-hmm. Thanks for sharing. That.
2: No morning. worries.
0: Now, very shortly, you get to bring us the best five-minute message we'll hear today. Woo. So no pressure.
2: <laughs> no pressure at all. And uh, Just don't I- listen to any other five-minute messages <laughs> and I'll kick it out of the park.
1: We've got one of your songs to come as part of that too, don't Woo.
2: we? Let's do it.
1: Sunday morning together across Australia on Vision Christian Radio. We're about to hear a different side of Bill Thompson mm-hmm. as you uh, switch from
0: being a performer and a storyteller to a preacher. <laughs> The best five-minute message will be. Bring
2: it on. Okay, drum roll. Brr-
0: Brr- yeah, that's it.
2: All right. Today, Phil, I want to talk about finding God in real life. Or as Bluey would say, if you've got little kids, finding God for real life. <laughs> so I, I love seeing God when I'm at church, but even more, I love seeing God when I'm just living in my everyday life, going about those mundane moments And more and more I'm realising he is always present with us. You know, the Book of Psalms says, where could I go from your presence? If I go up to the heights, you're there. If I go down to the depths, even there I find you. So I get a bit excited about that and I actually wrote a song about it which has the lyrics, you bring majesty to the mundane and the eternal in the everyday. He brings the eternal in the everyday. And I think when we learn to look for God in the everyday, I I honestly think being a Christian is so fun because, you know, all those boring moments of our life have the potential to become God encounters. So my most recent experience of God meeting me in the mundane happened recently in my garden. So today I wanted to just share about that and just something simple and yet profound that I learned while pulling the weeds and watering the plants in our backyard. Um, I really love our garden and over the last few years, my husband Phil and I, we've been planting fruit trees around the yard and it has been the best fun watching the fruit trees begin to produce fruit. I think it's really fun funny how parenthood changes you because phil and i had absolutely no interest in gardening previously but now we just love watching our plants grow and seeing our children delight in what our son calls our farm the first summer when our passion fruit vine fruited like crazy every night after dinner the kids would run outside and they'd pick a passion fruit for for dessert it was the best and now our mulberry tree is another favorite and every morning my kids devour that fruit i like never get any they just have so much joy and i have so much joy because i'm like you're eating fruit and veggies willingly so it's it is such a win having a garden the latest addition to our garden though is a veggie patch so i've now got beans and pumpkin and zucchini and a whole lot of cucumbers that i've already killed but anyway Recently, I was carefully watering the remaining plants in that garden and it had been a really hot day. So I filled up the big blue watering can right to the brim and I poured that refreshing water all over the parched seedlings. I made sure all of them got a good drink. But I felt so desperate to see the veggies grow that I thought, oh, I better go and refill the watering can for a second time just in case they didn't get enough the first time. And as I turned to go and refill that can, I heard that unmistakable whisper in my spirit, remember who makes the plants grow, Bell? And I was like, oh, yeah, it's actually you, God. All of my effort and my stress going the extra mile to make sure I give my plants enough, I kind of act like it all depends on me and I just as I had that realization I just felt God smile and say you don't need to stress and so I put down that big old watering can just trusting his whisper that I had done enough and that he would come and grow those plants so it sounds really funny but you know as I released control that day I felt like there was actually a bigger lesson that God was trying to teach me. And I realized in that moment how often I stress and strive and fret about whether I've given enough to my kids and my family or my ministry. You know, I tie myself in knots of anxiety trying to make sure my kids' meals are healthy and their hearts are full. And the whisper at that veggie patch recently was just a reminder that It's God who brings growth and life, and I can trust him with my life and my ministry, and I can trust him to grow my children too. I really love that he cares for the little things in my life. He cares for my kids. And I think of in Matthew 10, you know, Jesus reminds us how much he is involved in the everyday issues of our lives. What is the price of two sparrows, he says? One copper coin? But not a single sparrow can fall to the ground without your father knowing it. And the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. That's Matthew chapter 10. You know, Jesus reminded me that day that he knows my name. He knows the details of my life. That afternoon, when I put the watering can down in an act of surrender, I actually dropped onto my knees right there in front of my veggie patch, and I prayed, "God, I trust you. You care for me. You are the source of growth. So I choose rest now because I've done enough here. So please come and make this garden fruitful." Later that night, I was woken up from my sleep to hear torrential rain pouring down outside. And my heart just left. I was like, God's watering my garden! And he showed me that night. You know, I can trust him. My efforts to control things are like a little tin watering can, striving to be enough for my kids, enough in my ministry while he can bring the saturating rains from heaven. I really pray that I Learn to continually release my control to him and know when to let go and let God. Right here in the midst of the work of growing children and doing ministry, I want to drop to my knees like I did at that veggie patch recently and remember to ask God to bless my work and my kids. I pray for ears to hear and eyes to see his guidance so that I can lay down those anxieties and receive his ready help. So I ask you today, what is causing you anxiety at the moment? And in what areas do you feel tempted to fall into stress mode or controlling mode? I encourage you to release that into God's hands today and ask him to pour his overflow of grace into your life. Maybe take the time to write out a prayer of surrender to God. Ask yourself the question, what does it look like for me practically to let go and let God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, help me trust you more. Help me rest in your provision rather than pushing to make things happen by my own efforts. Please pour your abundant rain onto my life and bring the growth you desire. I'm going to leave you now with a song I wrote based on Psalm 23. Those beautiful words, The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. The Lord is my shepherd,
3: I have all I need. He lets me rest in fields of green leaves. mm mm-hmm.
1: Sunday morning together across Australia on Vision Christian Radio. Really encouraging little message, this there, Bell. Oh, thank you. Le- lessons from the veggie
2: garden. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful when God does speak to us just in everyday life?
0: Yeah, and I'm just amazed that you've actually come dressed in costume <laughs> today. I, I need to. I, I did
2: not do that intentionally. I just realised I'm wearing my fruit shirt. This is one of my favourites. So,
0: yeah, belle has got a shirt on. It's very summery looking. It's I got, have matching it's got lemon watermelons earrings. and and uh, apples <laughs> and strawberries and lemons on it. And you got earrings that are lemons. I
2: do, and they, those are special. They were handmade, actually. Funny story by my friend, because she knew that there's a story behind the lemons. When I was on tour in the early days. I used to say so I love fresh fruit and veggies and it can be challenging when you're on the road and you're being billeted to, to get enough kind of fresh fruit and veg and plus we were a bit broke. So anyway, we'd stay at these people's houses and they'd be like, oh, here's the lemon tree outside, help yourself to the lemons. So oh, I'd go to town and I'd have my big bag of lemons and I'd take it to the next place. And I, every time when I would be gathering that bag of lemons, I'd kind of feel that conviction from God saying, you know, you can take a few, but you probably – you don't need to hoard them. Like, Belle, I will provide for you on the road. Mm. You're you're my servant. I'll, I'll give you what you need. But I just couldn't resist. I was like, but what if there's not enough lemons? So I'd get the bag. I'd drive to the next place. We'd pull in and Phil would be like, hey, look what I see over there. And there'd be this giant lemon tree again. And you'd think I'd learn on the first few times of that happening, but I'm telling you, I'm a bit dense. It took so much of uh, one of those big tours before – God must have planted lemon trees like 20 years ago, knowing I was (laughs) going to be on that tour trail. And I needed a lesson that God provides. Mm. We do not need to store up because He gives fresh manna every day. And as we're going about our lives serving Him, whether we're, you know, raising kids, whether we're on tour, I'm just, it is a reminder to me God provides what we need. We don't need to be worried about our future.
0: Mm. Mm. There's a great scripture there, you know, (laughs) where Jesus said, you consider the. The, uh, the, the birds lilies and the lilies yes. and so on, you know. You yes, know your Heavenly Father s- looks after them. Yes,
2: if he so clothes the lilies in the field that are burned up tomorrow, he will much more look after you. Those verses are actually really special to me because that's something I've struggled to learn that I really can. I can trust God that he has good things for me.
0: Mm. Mm. I'm curious, though. Why do you take a bag of lemons? Because you don't really eat lemons. <laughs> I'm
2: a strange human, aren't I? <laughs> I'm like, they're fresh. They're full of vitamin C. I will squeeze them. I'll put them in my water. I'll make like out of them. you don't like eat them like out oranges. Of them. So. I'm not that strange. <laughs> my son does that. <laughs> okay.
0: Interesting stuff.
2: I'm, if it's fresh and if it's organic, I'm keen for it, even if it tastes disgusting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you must like kale.
2: I do, actually.
0: Oh, there we go. <laughs> Worship
1: Conversation. Prayer and teaching. This is Sunday Morning Together on Vision Christian Radio. Well, we're almost at the end of our time
0: together on this Sunday morning. It's been, been fun. It has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for coming in, sharing so your story. my and
2: pleasure. Some
0: of your music and uh, some of your stories from the garden mm-hmm. has been good. <laughs> I wonder if you could lead us in a prayer, though, this morning.
2: I would love prayer, to.
0: Prayer for our nation. Alrighty. So, is that good?
2: Absolutely. Let's do it. Heavenly Father, we... Are so grateful for our country. We are so grateful to be Australian. And this morning we just we are thankful that from all walks of life, Australians who are Indigenous Australians, Australians who are migrants, Australians who are, are convict descendants, all of us can look to you and find our heritage and find our hope in you. And so we do look to you this morning and we lift up our nation to you. Heavenly Father, would you bring the rain from heaven that causes hearts to grow in love, causes us to know your kindness, causes us to act in a way towards each other that is full of the heart of God, which is full of kindness and love. We thank you for your provision and we ask humbly that you continue to provide everything we need as a nation, that you give our leaders wisdom. We love you, God, and we love our nation and we just pray that you would use us to fulfill your purpose in this generation here in Australia. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. Well, thank you once again. And uh, a big plug for what you're off to next week, the first concert you've done in a couple of years. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, How do you feel?
2: I'm excited. I'm going to have to download my own song words, though, and (laughs) learn them again.
0: It's a bit like riding a bike, you know. You just get back on. I hope sure, so. It'll, be, it'll, all, it'll all be good. But um, Ballarat next weekend. Yes. Uh, so for anyone around Victoria, it's worth jumping in the car and wherever you are going to see Belle. Uh,
2: <laughs> Come and say hi. A
0: couple of churches there on Saturday and Sunday. It was Church mm-hmm. of Christ, if I remember correctly.
2: Yeah, um, Haddon Church of Christ and then one-to-one Church of Christ.
0: Okay. Is there, there details on a website somewhere? Or? I'm
2: sure you'd be able to find them, and <laughs> okay. I should probably update mine, bellthompson.com. <laughs> you can find details there.
0: Okay, bellthompson.com, and that's Thompson with a P-H, isn't it?
2: No. No. P- T-H-O-M-S-O-N. No.
0: T-H-O-P-O-N.
2: T-H-O-P-O-N. <laughs> T H O M S O N. Forget everybody that you ever heard the P. That's the wrong way to spell it. Okay. T H O M. (laughs) That's it. S O
0: N. Bell. With just one Bell. B E L.
2: L. I'm trying to make it complicated as I can.
0: You could spell Bell (laughs) with different ways. You can spell Thompson in different
2: ways. Well, I was actually glad when I met my husband that his last name wasn't like Oogaboogly or something. You know, Thompson is still respectably easy.
0: It is. Bell Oogaboogly. That's. A ring to it. Might stick.
2: You wouldn't mix me up with any other artist.
0: <laughs> anyway, thank you, Bell, and uh, I pray your concert goes well next thank week. Thank you. And do join us next week because uh, Mother's Day got a very special one lined up. Darlene Check is going to be with me next week.
1: Have a great day. Sunday morning, Sunday together. morning together across Australia on Vision Christian Radio.